What's good, everyone? Welcome to Geeks Who Watch Football. I am your host, Jeff Jackson. Today's episode is going to be a gaming-focused one. Topic of the show we're going to get into in just a second, but before we do that, some housekeeping here. This is Geeks Who Watch Football. We post two episodes every week, one covering football, one covering video games. The Game Awards are just around the corner. I'm not going to do an episode covering that because I feel like most of you who would listen to this, it's kind of like an Oscars prediction video. I don't really like doing those. I might do a Game Awards reaction video, but that's kind of like not the niche I'm carving out. I'm not getting into the predictive industry with video games. Um, however, I will be doing a Game Awards at the end of the year, like my favorite game of the year, my top 10 favorite games of 2021. So, But before we get on to all that, this is Geeks Who Watch Football. We upload to our Facebook page. We also upload to my Twitter handle at MadTitan1018. In addition to that, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts or audio episodes, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. So like I said, this is a gaming episode. Um, I am. There are some reviews around the corner I want to get to before we wrap up at the end of the year. Um, but for those of you who haven't been paying attention, this is not a gaming uh, review episode t- uh, today. They're going around Twitter. There's been this poll that a lot of like Twitch streamers, basically video game personalities are posting is their last decade of video game game of the years. And going back to 2011 or yeah, 2011 and then listing obviously their pick for game of the year this year. And I wanted to take the time to do an episode to cover that with hindsight, of course, being 2020, I was going to try to kind of mix it into what games some most of them haven't changed, but those that did, I would, you know, provide some context as to why my opinion has changed on those games. So figured this would be a good episode for me to go back and give what would be my game of the years going back the past 10 years, with the exception, of course, being 2021, because as I stated earlier, I want to save that for an actual wrap up game of the year. For those of you who want to cheat, though, you could check out my Twitter where I did put my 2021 game of the year so far. That can change because I have yet to beat Guardians of the Galaxy. I believe I'm currently on Chapter 9 or 10 playing through it. And I also want to play It Takes Two with my uh, wife, Emma. Uh, that I want to beat before I give my final rankings. And those are two really, really big titles. So I don't want to say. So for those of you who want like a sneak preview of what my current front runner for Game of the Year is, go check out my Twitter. I have it on there. But for everyone else, you could just wait until the end of the month slash beginning of the new year for me to say what my 2021 game of the year is. So without that further delay, let's get into it. Going back in 2011, I feel like it's the hardest. I was going to originally start. It's easier for me when I write this list to start most recent and go backwards. But for the sake of audio episodes, I know it's easier to start from the past and work towards the current. And... Now that I'm starting this podcast up, I've only been doing it for a year, so I didn't have a chance to get my 2020 game of the year. So moving forward, I won't have to do a last decade of game of the years because I'll hopefully be still doing podcasting in multiple years from now. So I won't have to go back and do it. I could just say refer to this episode. But 2011 was a really it was my final year in college. My senior year makes me feel really old. (laughs) Uh, My current game of the year is different than what i would have given it to back then i would have hands down easily given it to no brainer skyrim but 2011 was one of my favorite years in gaming there's a lot of games that year batman arkham city came out uncharted 3 la noir um 
Deus Ex, Human Revolution, Dead Space 2, Gears of War 3. Like, really, really good titles. But, like I said before, Skyrim's probably the most impactful game on this list. Portal 2 is really close, by the way, too. That might be one of my favorite co-op games of all time. Arkham City is one of my favorite superhero games of all time. But I gotta give 2011 Game of the Year to Dark Souls. Because for those of you who've been listening to the podcast, Dark Souls is my favorite game of all time. So I basically kind of have to give it to Dark Souls. Yes, there's so many impactful games in this. Like I said, Portal 2 was extremely impactful in the gaming industry, and so was Skyrim. But I feel like Dark Souls also was very impactful, not just as me as a gamer, but it did define the quote-unquote Souls-like. I know Demon Souls came before, but Dark Souls was the most popular game on that list. I'm not going to go too much into what makes Dark Souls great because I've obviously given, you know, I covered it in my favorite games of all time. I had a Souls-like episode covering some of the story and why I love the game series so much. So I'm not going to go on it too much, but I have to put Dark Souls on there because it's my favorite game of all time. I think it still holds up to this day. I think it's aged better than Skyrim has, which is why I have it above Skyrim. I didn't play Dark Souls back in 2011, the first year it came out either. So for me, it was between Skyrim and Arkham City. And Skyrim at the time was so impactful and consumed so much of my life. But in hindsight, looking back, Skyrim hasn't aged quite as well, and Dark Souls is still you know, seen as one of the gold standards for that type of gaming for action RPGs. Uh, 2012 was a lull in my opinion. So 2011, I just said was this great year of gaming. 2012 was, uh, for me, this is, I'm still sticking with my guts. A lot of people would give it to, I believe journey came out that year. Uh, there's some nice little, you know, it was kind of the year for me of games that I thought were going to be great, but disappointing, but I'm just going to say my game of the year first for this and then cover all the others. Max Payne three. And I feel like this game had a great story. It had a haunting soundtrack, especially at the end. It has one of my favorite ending scenes in gaming when you're going through the airport in slow motion. Um, for those of you who don't know the song, you can either YouTube it, like the final scene, or it's uh, the song's name is Tears. It's really, really a haunting song, and it's outstanding. Like Going through the airport, the entire scene is in slow motion, and you're just pulling off crazy headshots. It's kind of like if John Wick was shot in slow motion Matrix style for the last like 15 minutes. That's what this scene feels like. But Max Payne 3 is probably, one, it's one of my favorite action games that literally had great pacing, great story. It wasn't like genre-defining, but there were so many other games that came out that kind of were disappointments. Like I said, the one genre-defining game potentially was Journey, but Journey was a game that took like 20, 30 minutes to beat. And as interesting and intriguing as it was, I just couldn't give like bring myself to give it to it. Like, cause I just couldn't give it to a $20 at the time, like not $20, uh, 20 minute indie title, no matter how good if, it would be like me giving my game of the year to PT. Like, even though journey was a full game, it was a one-time experience. It was haunting, but to me, it didn't connect the way some people said for me, it was a one-time 20 minute experience, not a game of the year that I would ever go back to. But there were some disappointments on here though. And that's why I was getting to uh, mass effect three to me. I remember back then being disappointed in assassin's creed three came out. I was disappointed in that one. Halo four came out. I liked the single player, but I was disappointed in the multiplayer. Like, so for me, it was the one game and then far cry three was really good, but that came out. I remember like literally in December at the like ass end of 2012. 
Walking Dead. That's what's kicked off the storytelling games. I believe at the Game Awards, that's a one game of the year that year was Walking Dead uh, by Telltale Games, starting that whole genre. But once again, in hindsight, at the time, it was revolutionary, and it's still one of the probably their best games, Telltale Games. But in hindsight, the and the genre is so like used up now. Like, I think Wolf Among Us is a better game still than uh, Walking Dead, and I think they just kind of used that same game engine for way too long and beat a dead horse until they closed inevitably. So like I said, 2012, I'd say max Payne three, but everybody you ask 10 gamers, they're probably all going to give you different games because that was not a strong year, like strong year in terms of lots of games to play, but not in terms of a game of the year type game. Right. So, um, there's some other shout outs to some good games that came out that year. Borderlands two, like I said, I really like borderlands two, uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 2, widely regarded as some people's personal faves. Uh, Spec Ops The Line was a little bit different, you know, but but yeah. So we're already two years in. We're flying through it, but we kind of have to because we got to go through like seven more years of gaming here. Uh, 2013, my game of the year at the time would be, this is really one of the hardest years in gaming to judge because this is the opposite of 2012. And that there was a lot of game of the year worthy games. This is for me between three big games. Uh, the big three being Last of Us, Bioshock Infinite, Grand Theft Auto V. All came out that year. And my personal game of the year was GTA V. It's in my top 10 favorite games of all time. People are still playing it to this day. I understand Last of Us. That's still seen as a masterpiece to this day by people. Bioshock Infinite hasn't aged quite as well. That one, I I personally still have a really soft spot for that game. I like it just as much as one. I know people, I think it suffers from sequelitis where people think of Bioshock 1 still a better game, so that's why I don't give it game of the year. It's kind of what plagues like games like Dark Souls and Halo and all of them is the first one was so good, it's really hard to top. But for me, it's GTA 5 because not only was it one of, it was one of the first GTAs I actually beat to completion back then on 360. But also the multiplayer, which didn't come out till later, the multiplayer heist was so fantastic. It was because everybody knows I'm a huge Sly Cooper fan. I always thought of, well, if you could do multiplayer playing as all the different aspects. Well, GTA took it and did a grown up version of it and you could play it. You know, you had so many fun memories of heists. And to me, every time Rockstar creates an open world game, I feel like they move the needle and create it. And at the time, it was the best open world game to that point. So GTA 5 set the standard. And like I said, those were the big three that many, 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 many people gave it to one of those three games, Bioshock, Grand Theft Auto, or Last of Us. I would not argue one bit with Last of Us. And also shout out to some other games on there that weren't necessarily game of the year, but they were sneaky good games, right? And I said that kind of weird, sneaky. Uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag. That was a nice, fun title. I didn't really care about the story for anything, but, you know, like flying around on my ship, blowing stuff up. One of the more fun gameplays, you know, especially coming off of the, I was disappointed with Assassin's Creed 3, but Black Flag to me hit kind of scratch an itch. Uh, Super Mario 3D World on the Wii U came out that year, uh, which was a very underrated title. Um, Gone Home, really good indie title. Outlast, a lot of people's favorite horror game. Um, yeah, some pretty decent titles. Rayman Legends, I'm looking through the list here, my like, Jesus. God of War Ascension. Uh, so yeah, Batman Arkham Origins, some pretty decent titles in this year 
They were like the, you know, the sevens or eights out of tens. And then you sprinkle in Tomb Raider. The reboot was on this year. But then you sprinkle in the big three, like I said, which is above and beyond, which is the ones I mentioned. So, but yeah, for me, GTA 5. And that's an easy one. That was what it was back in 2013. It still is to this day. I still love that game. Like I said, one of my favorite games of all time. It has to be in there. No brainer. 2014 was the infinite, uh, infamous, I mean, not infinite, infamous uh, console launch year. So meaning came out uh wasn't necessarily a lot of great games it was really tough to like have anything stand out from the pack uh master chief collection came out this year and infamously the multiplayer did not work um titanfall you know was a disappointment by many assassin's creed unity was a buggy mess advanced warfare was just trying to copy titanfall um this was the year that GameSpot. i remember they gave it to middle or shadow of mordor and it got like an eight out of ten and everyone's like this is like the first game to get an eight that got game of the year uh but no my personal game of the year this is a weird one because like i said i feel like this was really a hard one for me it was sunset overdrive only because it was the most fun game i don't feel like any game on this list was genre defining i don't feel like anything stood out um, one can make the case for games like, you know, Shovel Knight was a big one for a lot of people, the side-scrolling indie title. But, I mean, we've seen some really good ones come out since then. Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Some people love that and say it's the best of the series. Some people say it doesn't. Um, Dragon Age Inquisition was one, but I feel like gameplay-wise, that game hasn't aged quite as well. Middle of Shadow Mordor, I already comp- I said. That one probably is still decent to this day. Destiny was a really big disappointment, I remember, for a lot of people. Dark Souls 2 at the time was a disappointment before they released the uh, Scholar of the First Sin pack. If you could put that in 2014, that would have probably been the game of the year for me, but it wasn't. It's just a standalone game, so I would probably still give it to Sunset Overdrive just for being pure stupid fun. I know there's rumors of it porting the PlayStation now with Insomniac going to Sony. I would love to see it come back. Uh like I said, it's just a fun romp, wild ride. And I don't, compared to other game of the years on this list, I don't feel as strongly about it. I do feel like Sunset Overdrive is like an eight and a half out of 10. But once again, I just wasn't really killing like any game this year. Um, So yeah, I had to give it to that one. Like I said, there's a lot. I'm looking through the list here and I'm just like, oh, Ground Zeroes was a glorified demo. Um, Last of Us Left Behind was DLC, really good, but it was just DLC. Mario Kart 8 was a really good Mario Kart, probably one of my favorite Mario Karts of all time. So it could be Mario Kart 8 as well, but an Alien Isolation was really good. Uh, it was on Emma and I's horror game list, but it was just too long. It was like a 20-hour game. If it was 10 to 12 hours more focus, I would have easily given it to that. But South Park Stick of Truth is a really underrated title. Wolfenstein, that was a really good one. But, yeah, I'm sticking with my gut here. Sunset Overdrive. Uh, 2015. This one, I really... This one, out of all the game of the years I went through going back, this one I had to think about the hardest because it's between two games for me. And it was really, really tough. And the two games it was between is because one is in my... uh, I could just say what it's between, basically. Witcher 3, Wild Hunt, and Bloodborne came out this year. Metal Gear Solid Phantom Pain was another big title. Batman Arkham Knight was another big one. Rocket League was huge. But And then you had some underrated titles sprinkled in there like Dying Light, Ori in the Blind Forest. And then there's some duds like, like The Order 1886. Ugh. 
but you know I really was torn on this one because Witcher 3, I've put more time into this game than maybe any other game in terms of a single playthrough. Dark Souls would be the most in terms of total time spent, but in terms of a single playthrough investment, Skyrim had that for a little bit. GTA had that thrown. Witcher broke past it. It had Gwent. It had a game within a game that I was more addicted to than even the game itself um, with the card game. I was trying to collect all the cards, increase my deck. You know, and this was all the stupid and it had a really good uh, story outside of it to the point where it was based off the books. There's now a Netflix series on it. Witcher 3 was my game of the year back in 2015, if you were to ask me. But now hindsight with improvements being made and the multiplayer being fixed and having some fantastic DLC, I would have to give it in 2015 the Bloodborne. I think Bloodborne's just aged better. And I've gone back and played both of these games recently. I went back. I played, I beat Bloodborne when it first came out. I remember it being the first killer app, quote unquote, for PlayStation 4. But I just couldn't give it to it at the time because the game had infamously long load times. The multiplayer was horrendous in terms of anytime somebody invaded your game, the frame rate would drop to like a crawl. And this was like the first month that came out, by the way. They have obviously since patched that. The load times aren't nearly as long. And it used to just be a blank screen of loading. Now they added the infamous like item descriptions that you see in the Souls games. Like they added so much to it, and the DLC is absolutely fantastic. Lady Maria is one of the best fights in the game. Um, Orphan Akaza is infamously one of the hardest fights in all of the Souls series. Uh, I have to give it to Bloodborne because that game has just aged w- very, very well. Witcher 3, I went back. I did not play the Blood and Wine DLC, but I did play it on PC. I went back and tried it on Switch as well to try to get into it. I know the frame rate sucks on Switch, but I was just trying to like get back into it. It's still a really good game, but the gameplay doesn't quite as hooking as I remember. And it's still a fantastic RPG. It's still one of my top 20 games of all time, but I have to give it to Bloodborne because I feel like it's one of the Souls games best, and I feel like it was one of the best PS4 games like ever. So when people go back and give their top 10 PlayStation 4 games like Greg Miller and them did, I think Bloodborne was in there. And Greg Miller didn't even like Bloodborne. He put it in his top five. That shows you just how powerful of a game that was from From Software. Many regard it as their best work. So I would give it to Bloodborne in 2015. 2016, this one was relatively easy for me. Um, uh my friend Sleezer, who's occasionally on the podcast, he would agree with this, and he knows exactly what I'm going to say, but this one to me is a quick answer, Overwatch. Overwatch is a game that came out in 2016, I want to remind you, Matt Sleezer, if he's listening to this, because we are still playing this freaking game to this day, and it is 2021, so it has been four or five years later. Overwatch 2 is around the corner. Blizzard gave it great support. Uh, you know, with the seasonal events, Junkenstein's Revenge is fantastic. In Halloween time, the skins are good. They just gave a lot, and they kept adding new characters. Like, it was one of the most, in, like, at the time, different type of multiplayer games because I was coming off of out of college, obviously. I was kind of burned out of, like, Call of Duty by this point. I was burned out of Battlefield. I was burned out of Halo. I needed something different. That's why I gave Evolve a chance a couple of years prior to that. I just wanted a different type of gameplay, and boy, did Overwatch deliver it. It's so engaging. Even if you have a shitty match, your t- it focuses on team play, but also statistics. It was a game within itself. Like It was always fun to learn new characters. And then when they inclu- introduced modes like Mystery Heroes, where you're forced to play other characters, and so were other people, it just added to the excitement of even if you're playing the same four or five type of games, 
I remember playing that game and we would play till like when it first came out anyway, we'd be playing till like one or two in the morning every night. It was very addicting. And still to this day, I'm not playing till two in the morning anymore. But if somebody were to text me and be like, Overwatch, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'll hop on. I just got to update. So for that to have that type of staying power says something. And like I said, for my wife, it's one of her favorite games. And she absolutely is not a multiplayer gamer. Not at all. And learning all these different heroes and all their different styles and having the balancing and everything so perfectly balanced in the game. I don't know about it now with PC and console players playing together. That kind of opened up Pandora's box. But I've bought in the game three times. I bought it on PC, bought it on Xbox, bought it on PlayStation. I think that speaks for itself too. Overwatch is my game of the year for 2016. There are some shout outs I want to give to as well. Uncharted 4th Deep Sen was a fantastic, probably one of my favorite Uncharted's besides two. Um, Titanfall 2, underrated single player, really good design. Last Guardian was good. Um, there was one more. Dark Souls 3, I think I said. Obviously, for me being a Souls fan. But some good solid titles but for me the most impactful far cry primal i remember that was a good distinction from it i just have to say for me it was you know it's overwatch was an impactful game it has its own following still to this day it's one of the sequel is one of the most anticipated games so moving on to 2017 this one was another one that was a really this might go down no, I'm gonna probably regret saying this when I look through the list because if I had to rank like the games for game of, like the games like 2011, 2013, 2015, 2017 might be the best year ever for video games. There are so many good games on this list, so many. I'm gonna say my game of the year first, and then I'll give a shout out to all the other ones. But it's a really long list. My game of the year is Horizon Zero Dawn. Horizon Zero Dawn, the sequel, Forbidden West, is coming out next year. I love the character Aloy. This showed me what Guerrilla Games was capable of because I enjoyed Killzone. I thought it was obviously Sony's attempt at dethroning Halo. I just didn't care as much about the story, the grunt. The gameplay was fine, but and the graphics were gorgeous on Guerrilla's games. But I was just like, this isn't Halo, though. Like, I wish they would try something else. And they, boy, did, did they. The premise was beautiful. You have a main character that's basically like the character from Brave, but... You're in a prehistoric land, you know, with advanced technology, with robotic dinosaurs. <laughs> so, and I remember watching the trailer and when you can see components, shoot them off and then use them against them, craft like, you know, rip off an arm of a T-Rex and use it as a machine gun to destroy it. Like thinking this is freaking awesome. And the story was really, really, really well done. The ending of the title, it's like the Peter Griffin. Oh, they said the title, like what Horizon Zero Dawn is, Zero Dawn Protocol part of the story fantastic twist people who haven't played it yet go play it there's a 60 frames per second update to the game like i said story is very engaging gameplay was great dlc was great into the wild or frozen wild go play this game before the sequel comes out i'm incredibly excited for that i think it's gorilla games best work and i think it's one of the top five playstation games of all time in terms of ps4 anyway so but it shows how strong this game is and what sets it aside, even though the gameplay isn't as, uh, isn't as, you know, revolutionary as the other two games right below it on this list. I think the story carries it above the story, the visual style, the uniqueness of the concept to me is what puts this game above the other ones. But the other games, obviously a lot of people are going to give it to legend of Zelda breath of the wild that had ingenious gameplay. 
Um, that game, you know, a lot of people rip off of it now of the climbing mechanic of you can climb anywhere. Assassin's Creed does it now. Basically, any open world game rips off of this metric now. Um, I believe Genshin Impact, a lot of its gameplay. Genshin Impact is basically Breath of the Wild, but with, you know, different characters, different story. <laughs> Breath of the Wild is truly a revolutionary game, gameplay-wise. So, just apologize if you hear that background noise. I hope you don't, but I think my wife's taking a shower. You can hear it through the wall. Um, Breath of the Wild is really, really, really good. That's I, that's my number two. Super Mario Odyssey, I believe it's my favorite 3D Mario. I know it's a controversial take, but that was really good. Prey, oh, Prey was so good. Uh, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, a lot of people... Uh, uh, it's what got Resident Evil back into the scare industry before they did Resident Evil 2 remake and now Resident Evil Village. Near Autonoma, it's uh, one of my friends, Anthony. It's one of his top favorite f- games of all time. Um, outstanding soundtrack. Very good story. Haunting story. Uh, you had Cuphead that year. You also had Neo. And I know what came out. I got to find it. Persona, I believe, came out this year as well. Not Persona 5 Royal, but I believe just Persona came out this year. Or Persona 5. So I just listed five games that a lot of people have in their top 10 of all time. That's why 2017 is such a strong year. Is you literally have... And then there's even like titles like the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, Splatoon 2. um, Like... What Remains of Edith Finch, Wolfenstein 2, Mario Rabbids, Uncharted Lost Legacy. Like, there's so many good games. Uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, which started this whole bet, uh, which led eventually to Fortnite and Call of Duty Warzone. That didn't come out this year, by the way, but I'm just saying it led to those games. You know, fantastic year 2017. Fantastic. And if I, when I'm, when it's all said and done, I'm probably going to say it's my favorite, like, year of all time in gaming. Like, really freaking solid. So we're going to take a quick break before we get into the home stretch here, the final three years of gaming. Uh, But yeah, stick around and we'll see you in a bit. And we're back. So I covered the 20 up until 2018 game of the year. Just a quick recap for those of you. 2011, I had Dark Souls. 2012, I had Max Payne 3. 2013, I had Grand Theft Auto 5. 2014, I had Sunset Overdrive. 2015, I had Bloodborne. 2016, I had Overwatch. In 2017, I had Horizon Zero Dawn. Try to say that in one breath. So, we're getting into 2018. I don't even have to look at the list. It's between two games for me. Looking back, I will give it to God of War. Santa Monica's sequel slash reboot Corey barlog returned the director from god of war 2 he also worked on god of war 1 with um, david jaffe who created the ip fantastic game one of my favorite games of all time the sequel just like horizon zero dawn comes out next year so you have my back-to-back game of the years both getting sequels both coming out in 2022 i cannot wait haunting like this game got me to care about kratos like, and I didn't care about Kratos in the previous games. I loved Greek mythology, but he was just kind of like a uh, all screaming type of voice actor, mindless action, but really good graphics, really interesting, like aesthetic. And kind of had like a Devil May Cry, but Greek mythology. 
So it took inspiration from games like Onimusha, Devil May Cry, just mentioned, you know, but this game added a story to it. It had a cinematic camera angle that, or panoramic that never took off of the back of Kratos. And I love the upfront design. I love the new combat system. I think it has one of the deepest combat systems in gaming right now. And that's still to this day. The game is absolutely gorgeous. There is a PS5 update as well. There was no uh, for 60 frames per second. There is no uh, DLC for it, but the sequel is right around the corner. I think I'm a little worried it might be too samey, but I still love God of War. And more God of War is still great. The Valkyrie fights were absolutely ass kicking, ball pulling hard. Especially that final one. Fuck that bitch. I hate the Valkyrie Queen. Blech. I did it once. I don't plan on doing it again. <laughs> Even on easy mode. Nope. Not doing it. But it had a great combat system. It tugged at your heartstring. It gave you the feels. It had a great twist with who Atreus is at the end. It made me feel for Kratos. Great story. Favorite combat system in a game. Even though I don't like Norse mythology as well as much as Greek. Still tugged at the heartstrings. When you get the uh, the blades back from Athena, that's one of the best scenes in gaming when you're down in the canal or going down the river, I mean, in the boat. Absolutely great, great, great game. It's a 10 out of 10. It's a masterpiece. Um, a game right behind it that is also a 10 is Red Dead Redemption 2. That has a absolutely fantastic ending. Arthur Morgan, I actually ended up liking more than Red Dead Redemption 1's protagonist. Even though he's in the game too, that's not really a spoiler because you run into him in the first hour. Absolutely. It's a prequel to Red Dead Redemption 1. It starts slow and my cousin kept pushing me to play it. Shout out to him for it. And once it gripped me, once I got past that and past the swamp, like, oh, it takes off. It gets so good. It, it gets, especially you end up on an island, you end up going like it doesn't ever stop. It's like getting kicked down a hill. And you know it's going to be a tragic ending, but it's, you know, it's kind of like Halo Reach when you know bad shit's going to happen at the end with Dutch and the gang. But it just happens and you're, you know, it still hits you just as hard, even though you kind of know what's coming. Absolutely great storytelling. Spider-Man also came out this year. Fantastic open world. A lot of people. This is what kind of rebooted the good superhero games since Batman. This was Marvel's entry into it. A good Spider-Man game. Smash Bros. Ultimate came out this year. That was, I believe, a December game right in the tail end. Might be one of the best fighting games of all time. They're still releasing DLC for it. I believe the last fighter pack just recently came out with Sora and the company. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, my favorite Assassin's Creed in the last 10 years or so, probably since 2. Forza Horizon, that's always a good time. Um, Octopath Traveler, a very underrated RPG uh, the story was kind of sucky, but the graphics were beautiful, and I love the combat. Detroit Become Human, one of my wife's favorite games. Shadow of the Tomb Raider was kind of eh. Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, that wasn't bad. But Mario Tennis, like, there's some good games here. The Messenger, oh, fantastic game. I love The Messenger. Shadow of the Colossus remake. Ashen, like, there's a lot of good games in this list. I don't like it quite as much as 2017, but my game of the year of God of War, I like more than Horizon, so... But Monster Hunter World also came out. I forgot. People kill me if I don't give a shout out to that game. Uh, but yeah, God of War. It's a masterpiece. It's one of my 10 favorite games of all time. It's a solid 10 out of 10. Absolutely fantastic game. If you have not played it, please go play it. This game is, even if you're not a God of War fan, you don't need to play the previous ones to play it. This one's an easy no-brainer. 2019. This is where I went a little bit off the rails a little bit because a lot of people were giving it to Control. 
I like control. I like remedy games. Everybody knows Alan Wake is one of my faves, but I I didn't like it quite as much as that. Death Stranding didn't capture me. I'm giving it to Devil May Cry Five. And this is a sequel to Devil May Cry Four. Obviously, it picks up after Devil May Cry Four. Um, it's the same director who did the previous Devil May Cries. I just love this game. This game is just a wild ride. This game reminded me a lot of Max Payne 3 and that it just had a great story, amazing visuals, and it just had really good action. It's probably my favorite combat system of the Devil May Cries. It's my favorite in the series. My favorite before that was Devil May Cry 3. I absolutely love this game. I love the, the different playable characters, and I love, 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 love the ending. Final boss absolutely punches you in the teeth. Wouldn't have it any other way. It was an absolute soundtrack is haunting. I still have the soundtrack on my iPod or my iPhone. I almost said iPod, <laughs> but absolutely stellar soundtrack. I think this game lived up to the hype. I think this game's not a 10, but way up there. It's just a fun, good time. Like I said, there's no real dead space of it. It has replayability. I highly, highly, highly recommend Devil May Cry. I think it got shafted because it suffers from, once again, like other games like Gears of War and stuff, Sequelitis. People are like, oh, another Devil May Cry. They didn't really change up the gameplay too much. I think the gameplay they modernized in the best way possible, but there were some other games on this year, though. Control, I just mentioned. To me, Control was good. I just didn't like the concepts of as much as their previous games, such as Alan Wake and Max Payne. Um, Death Stranding, like I said, I played an hour of it. The gameplay... I didn't like modern version of Oregon Trail. I know a lot of people love, 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 love the story to that game, but it didn't capture as much. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. That was a really good game, but once again, I don't feel like that was a game of the year worthy game. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. A lot of people believe that's the best of the From Software games. I can't argue with them. I still am a Dark Souls guy, but the combat was absolutely amazing. I don't consider it really a Souls game as much because, yeah, it's punishingly difficult. It has those stupid checkpoints like Dark Souls, but you don't have an endurance bar. You kind of don't level up and you stick with the same weapon throughout the whole game. So it's a little bit different to me. It doesn't feel like a Souls game. And it's not a bad thing, by the way. I think From Software knocked it out of the park. It has some ooh, frustrating boss fights and really good design. Uh, Untitled Goose Game came out this year. Luigi's Mansion 3, Kingdom Hearts 3, Link's Awakening, the remake of that, Resident Evil 2 remake, Gears 5, Borderlands 3, Division 2, Astral Chain, shout out to that. Crash Team Racing remake, Plague's Tale Innocence. That game I really, 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 really like. I'm playing through that again now. Um, Days Gone, Yoshi's Crafted World. I just, you know, like I said, I just gave it to Devil May Cry because while there's good games on here, to me there was no genre-defining step-outside game. Kingdom Hearts 3 I was so excited for, and I was let down by how they ended that. But to me, and Sekiro was really good. Like I said, I just, to me, I gave it to Devil May Cry because that was the most enjoyable from start to finish. It felt like nostalgia. It did the best of both. Bringing back Devil May Cry, a game that I grew up with in my childhood, while also modernizing it and making it great pacing and an entertaining story. It was just a fun ride and a fun game. All right, the last one we do before, because I'm not going to do 2021, as I said before, 2020, last year. What was my game of the year last year? A lot of people. This caused a lot of bait in the people. I would give it to Final Fantasy VII Remake. And before people say, well, they just made a remake of a game. 
This is kind of a spoiler alert, but not really. It's not 100% a remake of Final Fantasy. They changed the combat system dramatically from a time-based combat system to a full-on action RPG. Meaning, instead of clicking a button Pokemon style and he goes up and he hits the dude, it's you actually run up and smack somebody with your sword. Which is amazing as it sounds, by the way, that smack somebody's ass with that big-ass buster sword. But to me... I love Final Fantasy VII soundtrack. I love its story. This is kind of not just a remake, but a quote-unquote sequel. Wink, wink. I'm not going to say any more for those who haven't played it. It's part one. It's going to be multiple parts. It's a re-envisioning of it. So it's kind of like a sequel reboot. It's It kind of, in this game, redefined what it is for a sequel. It does, uh, not a sequel, but a remake, what a remake could be while throwing people a curveball of what to expect and completely trolling like meta people like it completely trolls people <laughs> i love it for doing that um i just feel like this game it does have pacing issues i don't think the pacing issues as are as prevalent though if you don't do as many side missions the side missions do suck but i'm not gonna hold that over the game it's still a solid nine nine and a half or better the ending is a little too long was fighting like 16 boss fights in a row that was frustrating but I didn't have a chance, I believe, to do my podcast when I was first playing this game, but that would be my game of the year last year. Last of Us 2 would be right behind it. Um, I can get into why that's not, but that would take a whole other episode. I do not mind that they killed off a certain character, but I did not like, and it's not that I minded playing as other characters. I'm trying to be vague. <laughs> But I did not like the pacing of Last of Us 2. I hate the part where you have to go to the island. I feel like the game is just too long. I feel like they should have cut out parts if it was a more focused or if they would have flipped around how they switched around as different characters. I would have liked the game a lot more. But nevertheless, it is outstanding gameplay. Outstanding. There are some scenes in that game that really stick with me to this day. One of which being the museum slash birthday gift that Joel gives to Ellie and another one being where Ellie is playing to Dina uh, take on me reboot or reboot <laughs> take on me cover song with the guitar. I love that. It's just beautiful scenes in gaming. Naughty Dog's one of the best at it. Great graphics, outstanding gameplay. The first eight hours of that game are some of my favorite. I believe that game was a 10 out of 10, the first eight hours. But the pacing brought it down, and the certain uh, decisions they made near the end of the game I didn't agree with. But there's some other good ones, too. Animal Crossing New Horizons on this list. Ghost of Tsushima, Fall Guys, Doom Eternal, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Demon Souls Remake, um, Yakuza Like a Dragon. I didn't play that one, but I heard good things. Neo 2, one of my personal favorite games that year. Resident Evil 3 Remake, Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time. Super Mario 3D All-Stars, the trilogy combined of the HD collection. Like Paper Mario Origami King, like Wasteland 3. Just a really, really, really Immortals Phoenix Rising. Really solid year for gaming. Cyberpunk 2077 also came out this year, although many of us did not play it because it was a broken mess. It is a better game now, but I would almost make it a 2021 game instead because 2020 was almost unplayable. I suffered through it for the sake of beating it. I believe I did a review on that, but it was a broken mess at first. But so, yeah, my final game of the year would be 2020 Final Fantasy VII Remake. 2021, like I said, I'm not going to discuss. I will be doing an episode 
specifically for that in the nine other games of that year that I like. I wasn't going to do that for all decade of the games because that would have taken like two hours. So let me know what you guys think when I post this, like post in the comments, when you do a review of the uh, episode, what are some of your games on there? Or just post it on Twitter. Like you can quote my tweet. That's what I did to somebody else. And everybody's been quoting everybody else of just like, I like moments like this. Like I remember a couple of years ago was the hashtag seven favorite games. And it went around the industry. I just like getting people to talk about this. And I also like people looking back on games. Cause I feel like so often we're just looking forward, looking ahead to what's coming out, what's coming out, what's coming out. It's good to look back once in a while. So, but I like moments like this looking forward and I haven't done a gaming episode in a little bit. So I wanted to take this time to talk about it. I have been, like I said, I've been bouncing around between a quite a few games. I have been in Pokemon shining Pearl and brilliant diamond. I actually played shining Pearl. I beat that recently. We'll be doing a review on that right now. I've been bouncing back and forth between Marvel's uh, guardians of the galaxy. Whenever I have a free time. Um, and then on Switch, I'm going to start playing. It came out a year ago. It was a Black Friday sale, Astral Chain. So there's some games I'm going to be playing that's in the cooker. Uh, but yeah, I expect to have a couple more game reviews out this month. Um, and like I said, end of the year, I'll do the game of the year one. But this is Geeks Who Watch Football. Just a friendly reminder, we post on our Facebook page. I upload to Twitter. I also upload to wherever you get your audio episodes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you listen. Please leave a like. Please leave a review. I'm Jeff Jackson. I'm getting the hell out of here. Uh, and hope you guys all have a good one.